0: You are listening to the Virtual World Society Next in Podcast. For this episode, we invited Sana Shah, a sophomore at Catlin Gable High School, software manager for our first robotics challenge team, winner of several national science competitions, and in February gave an oral presentation of her project on augmented reality for interventional radiologists at the SPY Medical Imaging Conference. To get involved with our organization, head over to virtualworldsociety.org. What is going on, everybody? It is Maxwell with the Next Podcast, representing the Virtual World Society. Very excited to be here today with Sana Shah. Uh, She is a sophomore at Catelyn Gable High School, currently exploring XR and AI applications in healthcare, uh, software manager for her first robotics challenge team, Flaming Chickens. Uh, She is a winner of several national science competitions and is an intern with the Girls STEAM Institute, helping teenage girls pursue their STEAM entrepreneurial skills. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited.
0: You have a very lengthy background for somebody your age. It's I I am I'm very impressed. I was certainly not doing everything that you were doing when I was a sophomore in high school. When did this when did this all begin?
1: Yeah, um thank you. Uh so I'd say it probably began around second grade um when I first started doing robotics. So I participate in the first in the first robotics program, and there are many phases of the first robotics program. As you get older, it gets more complicated. But I first started this program in second grade, which with what is called junior first Lego League, and that's not even really a competition. It's just learning basic physics, doing having fun with your friends on a team, and competing to or and creating a solution out of Legos to solve a problem based on the theme. Um, And then I moved into a higher level uh, called First Lego League, which is actually a competition, and it's using Legos to create a robot to solve a problem, but there's also a project to solve a set of um, challenges on a board, basically. Um, And then another aspect is the project aspect, which is just, taking a real world problem uh, according to a the theme of the year and coming up with a solution to solve that problem using basically anything you want. Uh, so one example that uh, my team did was a project on using AI for emotion recognition for long duration spaceflight. Uh, so Basically, astronauts we read this book, Endurance, by Scott Kelly, who was on the who was an astronaut on the ISS. And he was mentioning that many people overlook the mental duress that astronauts go through when they're in space for such a long amount of time. And this they've been preparing for these missions they have to conduct for so long that they can't really say, oh, I'm not in the right mental space to be doing this. And he, for example, his dog had just passed away right before he had to do a mission. And that actually caused him to not be in the right state of mind and kind of slow down the mission. So using we wanted to create a solution using artificial intelligence that would detect these astronauts emotions and we were able to show this to a behavioral scientist at NASA who was saying that they are actually working on really similar problems for long duration spaceflight, such as trips to Mars um and it was funny because he even asked for our source code which was pretty cool <laughs> um and so that's how I started really getting into my love for technology to solve real world problems and then today i'm in the first robotics competition which is the highest level in the first program and we're on a basketball size field making machining robots using cncs um using java to program the robots and i'm more on the programming side i'm the software manager for my team and so that project aspect isn't really there anymore uh it's the main focus is on the robots, but I also do a lot of projects now kind of outside of that. So but that's what really started my love for technology.
0: That's pretty incredible that NASA would say, Your project is so relevant to what we're doing. We're looking for a source code, we're looking, we have an interest in this yeah
1: exactly i mean
0: that that that's got to be pretty exciting for nasa to be looking at you and saying hey this is this is nothing small this is no small feat this is something that we could actually we are already utilizing what is it how does it feel for nasa to say something like that to you
1: yeah it was extremely encouraging i mean we had worked for maybe a year by that time on this project and so knowing that our hard work was actually going to solve a real life problem i think that's something i want to emphasize that i that developed my love to realize that you know no matter my age i was in 6th grade at that point so like no matter my age i can actually you know use technology to be solving these real world problems and actually making a difference so yeah
0: yeah and programming is a huge aspect of of this technology how does somebody so young learn about programming, because that's that's advanced. Computer language is not an easy thing to learn.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I got into programming through robotics too. So I started off with, you know, basic block programming, and then eventually got into Java programming. And since then, kind of outside of robotics, I've been doing some Python, you know, exploring other languages. But I think it's it was really crucial for me to get into programming at a young age because that expanded my opportunity so much because of just how much you can do knowing any language of programming. And I think it's really important that schools start emphasizing it and that you know it's spread to more people. And actually, one thing I did a few years ago was I was teaching some... During the pandemic, I thought I might as well, I had some extra time. So I thought I might as well teach students and young kids programming so that they can kind of develop that love and passion for it from an early age. So it was really fun. It was just basic scratch programming. I was just teaching them, you know, what is a loop? What is a if statement? And they got to get that initial experience, make fun games Um, And kind of explore creativity with programming. And I think that it's really important for schools to start understanding how important programming is and develop it from a young age.
0: Couldn't agree more. I think computer programming and understanding computers and technology should be imperative to any young people's education. And when you were teaching those young, you said it was young kids, right? So probably about half your age, I, I would say. Those those young kids, maybe a little bit younger. What was their reaction to these very basic programming languages? Because I noticed that there's usually a difference between adults that can be, you know, adults can be very jaded and say, oh, this is too hard. Whereas young kids are a little bit more open minded. Were the kids open minded to these languages and thought it was fun?
1: Yes, they were so open minded. And I think it's really important to be learning programming without any pressure, just kind of for your own fun. And I think these kids were just on scratch making... They were able... I gave them so much creativity, so they were able to do what they wanted to do. You know, they've probably been playing the snake game on their computers at school. And being able to recreate that game themselves, that's such an exciting thing to do. And I think they were just really open to it and excited to have that skill set, which was really fun to see.
0: Do you think adults using the same pathway can learn about programming, even if, you know, because it's harder as you get older to learn certain things like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was a lot easier for me to learn how to speak Italian because my family's Italian when I was younger. But as I've gotten older and I've kind of forgotten it, and I don't speak it as much anymore. Um, it's gotten a lot more difficult. Do you have advice for adults that want to learn about programming that might not be familiar with technology and didn't really get a chance to explore technology when they were younger?
1: Yeah. So I'd say, first of all, know that there are so many resources out there. So even if you've had a bad experience in the past, starting to learn it, there are so many other resources you can go and look at. Coursera is a great example. Um, And I think that exploring it I think that finding something really simple, but something relevant to your life that you can solve, for example, I don't know, let's say you want to, um, let's say you see a, let's say you're a doctor and you see a problem in, in whatever procedure you're conducting, and you can see how a simple technology application would be relevant to that. I think just having something relevant to your life that can make you passionate about and motivated to find technology to solve it can be a great start in understanding and getting a start in programming. And then there are so many, there's so many websites, so many tools online, so many courses that you can take. And I think just going at your own pace, not being discouraged when it doesn't work right away, because big part of programming is obviously debugging your code and nothing is going to work on the first try. So just knowing that you're not alone in that process and just trying to not get discouraged is the advice I would give.
0: I mean, that's really, really good advice. I, I definitely think more adults need to be getting into programming and, and people of all ages should really be trying it because computers, they run our everyday lives. They're they're so important to us and they're so great for, for problem solving. And I love this talk of creativity when it comes to technology. A lot of the times it it seems like the general public sees like i work full-time in virtual reality technology when somebody asks me about virtual reality who is unfamiliar with tech it's honestly very difficult for me to explain what i do you know i'm like oh well it's simulations it's training it's this it's that and Mm. certain technologies kind of like programming have certain rules that you have to follow in order to get a program to work do you think technology is a lot more creative or is it more so rigid when it comes to building different programs and different tech?
1: I think it's extremely creative. I think that's a big misconception that people have. And I think the categorization of you know computer science and other fields is the wrong mindset. I think computer science can be applied to basically every field out there. And so just un- so just thinking about problems in really any field that you're in, you can see how much creativity programming has and immersive technology has um in that field, like fields that you probably couldn't even imagine um it in. So one thing that was crazy to me to think about was even truck drivers delivering late night packages a huge issue is that they are extremely tired and this can of course lead to more accidents and so ai can be used to detect when they're feeling down when they're feeling tired and alert the truck drivers, and can even you know save lives that way so i think just seeing how many different applications technology has the potential to help with is really important and kind of not sectioning it off into its own category, you know, understanding that there's so many other there's so many intersections of technology with other fields.
0: I think it's interesting how you talk about AI. I love the example that you gave the AI helping out truck drivers and helping them avoid mistakes and helping them save lives. And Mm -hmm. AI has become so much more integrated into our lives. A lot of ways that people don't realize, again, people who are not involved in technology realize, can you think of some examples of ways like that where AI is already being integrated in our lives and we might just not, we might not comprehend it yet?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you drive a Tesla, there's so much AI in that, you know, if you are looking at the when you're driving, you see the speed limits, you see the other cars around you, that's all object detection and segmentation. And I don't think people realize that or even your Google Maps system. Um, You know, you're when uh, in in stores, a lot of artificial intelligence is being used for ads, there's so much AI being used to personalize these ads for you. And it's kind of just everywhere. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's everywhere in a lot of ways that we might not notice or or realize. And as somebody who is so involved in technology, especially computer programming, what would you like to see AI used for heavily within the next 10 years?
1: Yeah. So I think I'm really interested in all emerging technologies. So I think a combination of XR, you know, augmented reality, virtual reality, extended reality, and artificial intelligence would be really cool to see in the future. And I think both of those, both of these technologies have so much potential, and combining them can, you know, greater that potential. So I think that's something I personally really want to see.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you, because I think it's cool to think of virtual reality, augmented reality, just extended reality technologies, combining with AI, combining with with different computer science backgrounds. I, Mm. I certainly think that it could help us out a lot, because you know, when it really comes down to it, technology is our way of replicating things that we might not be able to do, you know, birds can fly, we replicated that with planes, cheetahs can run fast, we replicated that with cars, you know, and now we're getting to an evolutionary standpoint that is that is very advanced. And I'm very curious, I know that you are interested and you really love these emerging technologies. What are your thoughts Mm -hmm. on how virtual reality is progressing?
1: yeah so i think virtual reality is definitely going to be a big part of all of our lives and i know for me it's already a big part of my life recently i did a project that uses not virtual reality augmented reality um, in healthcare so for interventional radiologists um, specifically basically when they are conducting Procedures and invasive procedures, such as inserting a catheter or needle into a patient, they have to look away from the patient to see the ultrasound feed. And so, well, when and this ultrasound feed monitor can be placed at on ergonomic angles with other medical extri- equipment obstructing their view, and they have to wear 15-pound lead aprons to protect themselves from radiation. So this combination actually leads to a lot of physician burnout um in for the interventional radiologist. So what we did was we used augmented reality to display that ultrasound feed in front of the interventional radiologist so that they could see both the patient and the ultrasound feed at the same time and, you know, resize it to whatever the size they needed and move it around so that they could see both both the patient and the ultrasound feed in the same plane of view. And I think that the reason that this is not more widely used right now is because of the latency issue Um, And so we actually were able to use this system set up in three uh, procedures and the clinician did not notice any significant lag. But of course, for more critical procedures, you're going to need a lower latency. So I think the progression of augmented reality and healthcare is something I'm really looking forward to seeing. And I think it's already improving so much. Um, The fact that we were able to use this in actual procedures is, I think, a huge step, and it was really cool to see, you know, the system that we created actually being used by a doctor. Um, So, I'm really excited specifically about augmented reality in healthcare, but I think in many other fields, um, it's starting to be more accessible, and more people are looking at it and seeing what ways it can be used. I think one, one issue right now is just a lot of people don't have the infrastructure needed to implement these um, these systems. So I was talking to uh, some girls from Nairobi who wanted to participate, who want to participate in uh, virtual reality challenges with the Girls Steam Institute, but they just don't have the connectivity they need or the equipment they need to participate. And they're so eager. They're so smart. And I think they could really make a big impact on this challenge. But that infrastructure is just not there. And I'm excited to see how we're going to make that more widely used, uh, more widely available in the world and, you know, improve in- infrastructure across the globe so that not only a select few people have access to this amazing technology.
0: It really is amazing technology and you're so right infrastructure just not it's not properly aligned yet with what mm-hmm. the actual needs are and what we can do with this technology because i notice the virtual reality the augmented reality have already come of a, a very 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 far distance from what it was even just 5 to 10 years ago and yeah. do you think that infrastructure especially the financial side of things because this it's an expensive technology like mm-hmm. you know you can use an Oculus Quest uh, to for certain things and certain enterprise, but for something like surgery or like medical training, you need more advanced headsets. You need more advanced, you know, augmented reality glasses such as uh, the Microsoft HoloLens is very expensive. Yeah. I think last time I checked, it was two $3,000, something mm-hmm. along those lines. And it's very hard for, so many different institutions and organizations to afford something like this. So do you think the the companies that produce these products have a responsibility to make this technology more accessible, especially if they want it to be more widely used?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that that's really a big barrier right now. And these companies they need to make it more accessible if they want to see the growth and, I think it'll also help them too, because the more people who are using it, the more growth they will have as a company. So I think it is not only their responsibility for the world to have more access to this, but it'll also help themselves. So yeah.
0: Yeah, it it is it is very logical, you know, reducing the price would mean that they would have to just sell more units, you know, more units means more people are exposed to the technology around the world. And there's so many people who deserve to have access to this technology. And what that reminds me of, especially is SkillSpark. And I'm actually curious how you got involved. What was your story with the SkillSpark organization?
1: Yeah, so it's been, first of all, I wanted to say the SkillSpark organization is really great and it's been a great experience for me so far. So I'm an intern with the Girls' Steam Institute, which um, Miss Diane McClelland runs. And so that was actually how I first got introduced to virtual reality at all, because they hold business challenges in a virtual reality space. And I thought I participated in one of those business challenges, which and got introduced to virtual reality and Miss McClelland and she introduced me to Dr. Dayton and one of your previous guests, I think on this podcast, um, Doug Hoholan. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. And so they were using virtual reality for education and to basically display mannequins in VR for, um, for students who are, uh, training to be doctors and nurses. Um, And that was how I got introduced to healthcare and VR. And then um, Dr. Dayton was also, of course, part of the SkillSpark program. And she was the one who got me into it and has been, you know, interviewing me and helping me throughout this whole process. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And I love your involvement with uh with STEAM and and getting young girls and getting young people in general more involved in this uh in this technology because mm. from what I've seen and from my perspective when I was younger, there wasn't as much encouragement with getting into uh into technology. That it was technology and the arts. Those were the two things where people were like, "Ah, only only particular people can can get into those." Into yeah. those fields, and I always kind of felt like, shouldn't it be for everybody? Shouldn't everybody get a chance? And mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm guessing from your philosophies and from, you know, your involvement in these different organizations, you believe everybody ha- should have this opportunity um, to grow in this uh, in this in this industry, an op- opportunity that it seems you've you've been given and have done brilliantly with. And do you think more of the general population, just the world in general, would improve a lot more the more people were encouraged to say, hey, you want to get involved in technology, here are different opportunities? Is it is it an opportunities kind of thing?
1: Yeah, I definitely, I'm extremely grateful for the opportunities that I've gotten. And I've seen how these opportunities have led to such cool projects and such big impacts on the world. And I think there are so many people out there who could do so much given these opportunities. I see even in my own school, um, they offer computer science classes in high school, which is really cool. And so many people who are not necessarily gonna be computer science majors or gonna do anything remotely related to computer science when they are working in the office are still getting that exposure to computer science and still it, being able to enjoy it and realize its potential, which then who knows could be applied to whatever field they're doing in the future. And I, and I think I'm already seeing how much of an impact that's made even within my own small school.
0: Yeah. When I think of technology, I think of it attaching itself to everything, every field, every organization, every company. It is going to be incorporated one way or another. So do you think everybody should at least have the basics down of uh, of computer science? Do you think that's helpful for individuals?
1: Yeah, I think that's really helpful. And of course, it's helpful in getting a job, but also just in understanding the world better and technology so much Basically, everything technology related has programming in it. So I think just understanding the basics is always helpful and you can always implement. You don't have to go crazy. You can always implement such simple solutions with the basics that can actually be really impactful.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, I have to say that you're a brilliant young individual and the world needs more uh, young people like you who are involved in these fields and are creating and problem solving? And do you have a general message that you usually give to young girls who are interested in STEAM and are interested in technologies and uh, and getting involved in this field? Any, any advice that you've noticed is really helpful for them?
1: Yeah, uh, thank you for your kind words. And I'd say my advice would be to just try it. See, even if you don't like it, just try to push through that initial phase of discomfort and not getting it right and debugging and just try to find, try to find someone who could help you, you know, you reach out to me, I would love to talk to you and connect with you and give you resources. And just know that there's so many people out there who would be willing to help you and Try not to get discouraged by how the world is structured right now, especially for girls. Um, Try not to get discouraged by it being a male dominated field. Like, soon it's going to be equal. I think many people, um, many, many more girls are getting involved in this, which is a great trend to see. So just know that you're not alone and that there are so many people out there who would love to help you.
0: I love that idea that there are other women out there to to support them and to yeah. give them inspiration and to tell them everything's going to be okay. I um my uh my grandmother actually is a is a good example. She passed away recently and during the um during the obituary my uncle had talked about how she was a, my my grandmother was a very famous track coach and mm. um she actually had the track in Winthrop, Massachusetts named after her and oh, wow. She uh, which was which was a wonderful thing to see and uh, I did not know this until I heard this obituary. Uh, I believe it was the 1970s 1980s. They told her you can't be a track coach. You're a woman like there are no women track coaches. There are no female track coaches. And she was a trailblazer. And I think those trailblazers, those, those female trailblazers are so important because they set the tone for the rest of history, right? If they could yeah. do it, that means you can too. So I think you are a great leading example. And I think you are growing up to be this leading example for young girls uh, to say, listen, I did it follow along come and join the group come and join the club come in and and follow this this uh this trend and and do you want to continue with that do you would you like to be considered kind of a a leader for young girls in the future
1: i would love to that's probably my dream Uh, if people were able to look at me and get encouraged that would be wonderful so
0: yeah. yeah Well, that's a really, really wonderful thing. And you're already leading these trends. That's the thing. You're already doing it. You're already involved. And uh, it's a wonderful thing to see. So thank you so much for your time, your advice, your insights. And I'm so excited to see where your career goes. If if you're already this successful, I can't imagine what your life is going to be like in five to 10 years. So thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you so much. It's been great.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, listen, once again, it's your host, Maxwell, with the Nexent Podcast representing the Virtual World Society new episodes every Friday at 5 p.m. Listen now, thank you so much, and we will see you next week.